When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Green Bay and Chicago. The Packers are in the same spot as last year. The lightning strike twice and they blow it in week 18 and miss the playoffs at Lambeau. And so it was Detroit, and what's crazy about that is that Matt Eberflus has cited the Lions all year as a team that started bad. Like, they were pulling out the record books uh, at one and five on, like, one and five teams who had made the playoffs because each of them, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, had had a connection to a team that did it. Eberflus and Indy, Poles in in Kansas City that at least made a run to double-digit wins in a season where they started one and five. And they're citing now, the Bears are, that how Detroit finished last year. And so it's a huge factor in the game. It's going to be in the heads of the Packers. It's in the heads of the Bears. They're like, we're going to make this about us and what we could do to finish. I have Jalen Johnson on the show. Like, hey, so what's it mean that it's the Packers? You know, mm-hmm. we, can end their, we can end their season and there's only two guys on our team who have ever beat them. In Bears-Packers. <laughs> And he's he's wrong. I think it's actually three, but it's 2018, and they at Lambeau, 2015. None of them have won at Lambeau, so that is absolutely a huge role in this. And I think the Bears are playing well. I don't think it's going to happen, but why? It's on, Jordan Love, maximum pain for Bears fans, is not ending the season and Jordan Love passing 4,000 yards, which has never happened in Bears history, and he's like 160 yards away from it, and he already has 30 touchdowns, which has never happened in Bears history. You're right. So So, basing a prediction on Bears-Packers history or karma in the series is what we do on the show now. And when we do it, no one gets ridiculed for basing predictions on things like that. You're right. I agree with you 100%. You were saying... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you were saying that because citing things that haven't happened since 2015 and how quarterbacks from Green Bay inflict maximum pain on the Bears when the two previous quarterbacks are both that's my that Bears. is my analysis. Yeah, same yeah. thing. That's it's, it's uh, not the same. Go ahead. Here's my analysis on it. Chicago's defense is the best unit that's in the game. They haven't given up more than 20 points in a game since before Thanksgiving and Detroit needed to score 17 points in the fourth quarter in most of it in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter to get past that number. Uh, I think the Bears are going to beat them and keep Green Bay out of the playoffs. And that is going to make the decision amongst fans 
fans. Yes, exactly. To get rid of Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus even harder. And unfortunately for Caleb Williams, uh, it's going to make, I think, for some fans there, there's not going to be a lot of grace for him initially because, yeah, right? Because, dude, you're, I mean, you're, you're underselling it. They chanted, we want Fields. And yep. as, as a known Caleb guy, my unpopularity is like when I got hired levels. Like, people are not happy with what I'm saying on the radio right now. It is an unpopular opinion to say that the Bears should move on. Well, why don't you just field. pander and just take the path of least, least resistance and give the listeners what they want you to say? You're above yeah. that? There's plenty of that out there. Uh, but, dude, it's It's crazy. And I'm not saying that the opinion is crazy. Like I think you can make the argument, especially if you don't love Caleb and trading the pick and stacking it and building it like San Francisco or trying to or whatever. I think it's like you can make the argument and rational minds can reasonable minds can disagree on it. But it has gotten to the point where, and we're four months away from it happening, and so it's it's all it's it's going to get way uglier and way worse. Um, there are people that do not like Caleb Williams because of it already. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. Dude, but think about how crazy that is. Experts say generational quarterback goes to team that, in your scenario, is an eight-win team that finished six and two. You're not dropping generational quarterback prospect onto bad team. You're dropping him onto the team, in theory, you should want. Established coaching staff, number one wide receiver, three good young offensive linemen under contract, including the tackles with a GM who was an offensive lineman who has hit an offensive lineman in mid-rounds in Kansas City and here, and DJ Moore, and Cole Komet, and Tyreek Stevenson, and Jalen Johnson, and Montez Sweat, and your own first-round pick that it would be about 12 in the scenario if they, if they win, somewhere in there. Really good player. I mean, you are in a great spot to win the NFC North next year with Caleb Williams. And if he hits, be set up for like a decade. And if if Fields is as good as you think he is, and your very good, smart general manager says, I got a guy who's younger, cheaper, and better, that should be like the most exciting thing any fan base could possibly experience in the NFL other than winning a Super Bowl. And there are, I mean, a huge percentage of my audience that is dreading it dreading it dreading drafting Caleb Williams to a good up-and-coming roster that is crazy Bears fans are going to say some crazy things in the next four months and Chicago hosts are going to say some crazy things in the next four months against that scenario blows my mind blows my mind next dude I always put my phone down which is where the rundown is so then I pause and then it's like I'm not looking at NFC East games I got you that's not the next game Yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. Vikings right. Lions. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Livid. Wasn't picked for the Pro Bowl. How do you react to stories like this? I, in this case, I love it because this guy's entire career has been fueled by where he was drafted and all the wide receivers and reciting their names every morning before he practices or goes to work. And that's the chip on his shoulder. That's like Michael Jordan level stuff where you're that petty and you're still holding a grudge uh, when you've now established yourself as one of the best players in the league. So I like that he's using this as uh, you know bulletin board material for the rest of the year. I think Detroit kind of needs some of that. 
You know, I know that Dan Campbell has this image as a really tough, hard-ass coach, but I don't want, you know, I think as a guy that bet them to win the Super Bowl early in the year, I don't want this mission accomplished feel about things with them. And they're going to treat this game against Minnesota that way. From the looks of things, the line is still three and a half, but Campbell sounded very wishy-washy on how he intends to use his guys in this game. Um, You know, I want them to carry that like us against the world mentality. No one's picking us vibe. We got screwed by the NFL in the Cowboys game. I want them to take that in. By the way, what do you think of that? I should ask you that question. Like, do you think, of course they got screwed. I mean, they, they objectively, they objectively got screwed. I don't even know what, I mean, the correct guy, they, they did it correctly in terms of like what they said to the official and the official messed it up and they got the two point conversion and would have won the game. So I think what Campbell did afterwards was petulant and insane going for it from the seven yard line, like out of defiance. That was, I mean, obviously completely ridiculous. Like once you get screwed, you got to take your L there and kick the extra point. That yeah, was, that's what I was going to say. Like, no, no, I mean, that, that was, that, that was reckless, but the, the call and what we found out about the call and like, did they get screwed? Like, yeah, they, I mean, that's as getting screwed as you could possibly get screwed. The refs messed it up and lied about it and got, and got punished for it. Like that, I mean, that's, that's about as black and white as it gets in terms of, did they get screwed? Yeah, like that that decision by Campbell to go for it again, crazy scares me about him in the playoffs because that was an emotional rash decision. That was a decision that was yeah, and like I mean the the argument is that they were never going to get the one seed, but it was obviously for two and three. You know, I mean there was a world in which they could get the one seed, but it was go to overtime. I mean, I just. I'm saying in that. No, I know, I know, but what he's saying is like the make it about that. Like they screwed us or we overcame them screwing us winning or losing that game. Not very consequential. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, that, and, and, and the hope is, is that he would make a different decision if it's the wild card round of the playoffs. Right. You know what yeah, I, mean? Like, I mean? That's, that's what you have to be hoping for. Yeah. So from that perspective, like. Does he win over the locker room by still going for it in that situation, even though it's not the prudent thing to do? Possibly. I think you he handled how much it really they, well on the local radio show. Like he handled it really well. this. You week. know like, how I, much they like him. I mean, the yeah. damn players voted Aaron Glenn, the number one def- in the entire league, voted him the number one defensive coordinator they'd want to play for. When objectively he's bad at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, objectively. They've yes, it's a it's a bad defense, and they've used they've got young resources on it. I think it, I think they do have a lot of talent. I, we talked about it so much at the time. Jalen Carter should be a lion. Think about how different. I, I know Philly's defense is bad, and he's on it. But like, Jameer Gibbs has been very impressive, obviously. But that is they got great running back production last year. They're getting it this year. Their offense is high level. They I agree with a, you. What? I agree with you on that. They should yeah. they should have Jalen Carter instead. We and we we talked about that for 10 podcasts before the draft, but that was the scariest fit for him.